We are carrying on with our series on humility. Um, and I warned you last week that we were going to talk about um, offense, the joyful topic of offense. And again, apologies for the heat. Um, yeah, we just have to suffer for the gospel, don't we? Um, a lot of people, this is just like being back in South Africa, so, you know, it feels like home. So, Bill, I don't know if we open the windows, do you think it would be cooler? Would there be a breeze coming through or? Yeah, I think it will be better if we open some. We'll let Bill take care of that, that's Bill's, Bill's sort of thing. So, all right. Um, so I, I know not everyone here has, 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 has heard all of the sermons on humility, um, and, and even tonight, obviously, dealing with something like offense, um, it's a huge topic. It often happens to me that I start a sermon thinking, I, I can do this fairly straightforward, actually, I think, and then, I, you know, I have 10 pages of notes, um, and not quite sure how to break it down and what to do with it. Um, Joe, I know you found this last time you preached. <laughs> There's a lot that the Lord wants to say to us. Um, and, and this is obviously, obviously it, can be, it can be a tricky issue. It goes right to our hearts. Um, but I also said last week that when I prepare these sermons, quite often I'm, I have a huge sense of joy, and then you know, I, I don't want them to be heavy sermons because I don't believe that's the Lord's intent. Um, as, we think about, as we think about humility... Ashley? Does you want to come sit at the front? It might be easier. If you sit at the front, it might be easier for you to hear. If you want to. Okay. <laughs> There's some good people in the front, actually. Yeah, no, no worries. It might, it might be easier. So... When we think about humility, um, to keep thinking about it as this, this root into God's presence. We talk about it as the, as the, the soil on which the Spirit can grow. The fruit, the fruit of the Spirit can grow. The gifts of the Spirit can grow. And so as I, as I challenge us with offense, I want us to have this, to, to, to always have this picture that if I choose humility, overtaking offense, and making it more possible, making it uh, more straightforward to enter my Father's presence, uh, to experience Jesus. Now, this is not to say that we have to do certain things, that there's certain things we have to do to earn God's love, okay? That's not what I'm saying. His grace is for us. His, Jesus' blood covers all our sins. But if we want to go into our Father's presence, if we want to be part of His kingdom, then we actually have to abide by the laws and the rules and the ways of that kingdom, and they have a new covenant, and that new covenant is very different to the old covenant. James, you can take it down a bit, man. Um, but there are still ways that the kingdom operates. 
and chiefly and principally the way is love. And when we hold offense in our hearts, we are always, always choosing to go against the way of love. I think it's pretty black and white. Okay. I don't think there's room for subtlety in that case. You know, um, I talk about Andrew Murray a lot, um, and his book on humility has been amazing. And he actually starts his book with a chapter called that Humility, the Glory of the Creature. Okay, now he's writing again in the mid-19th century. He uses some funny language. Okay, we don't normally call each other creatures. We normally think of creatures as animals. But for, for Murray, a creature is anything that has been created. And he starts his book. The first scripture that he chooses to use in his book is from Revelations 4, 11. You're worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will they exist and were created. And this is how he starts his book. But as God is the ever-living, ever-present, ever-acting one who upholdeth all things by the word of his power, in him all things exist. The relation of the creature to God could only be one of unceasing, absolute, universal dependence. The creature owes everything to God. Its chief care, its highest virtue, its only happiness, now and through all eternity, is to present an empty vessel in which God can dwell and manifest his power and goodness. This picture of absolute humility before the Father to say, I am yours. You know, and we might hear that phrase, empty vessel. And it might bother us. We might think, well, is that like being some sort of robot that we kind of lose our individuality? And of course not, because Scripture tells us that each one of us is precious and we are designed by our Father. We are uniquely made. But to be an empty vessel is to be empty of our own glory and our pride and our selfish ambitions. And it's to desire to live for Jesus' glory. And, it's, and it's, it's allowing our heart and our spirit to be open to him. Our heart and our spirit to be open to him in all things. This is what humility is calling us into. And this is what he's calling us into as a body. And so I, I read that part from Murray's book because every discussion that we have of humility... I want us to have that vision of the vision of Christ. Some of the songs that we sang tonight were amazing. The glory of Christ, the majesty of Christ. Better to be in Christ's presence for one day than a thousand days elsewhere. These things that we sing because he is worthy of our praise, but he is glorious. And if we have that vision, then getting rid of anything in our lives actually becomes a delight and it becomes a joy. It doesn't become a hardship. And so as I talk about offense, this is, I want us to have this, this vision of, of freedom and of joy that it allows us to come into the Father's presence. It allows us to match Jesus, 
to mirror Jesus. Jesus said this in John 13, 35, words we know so well. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. In John 17, he has an even more audacious prayer when he asks the Father, he says, will you make my disciples one in the same way that I and you are one? Is there any bond that is greater than the Father and Christ that we can possibly imagine? And yet Jesus asks this of us. So this, this week, I'm preaching about offense within the church, okay? I'm talking to us as a family. Next time I preach, I'm going to talk about offense outside. Because the gospel is strange. We are called to not take offense to each other, but we have a gospel that will offend. Okay? And I'm going to talk about that second part later. Tonight is just about us as family, about us being willing to be a people that doesn't take offense. And once I'm finished preaching, and I'm not going to go for too long just because of the heat, I'm going to ask us to actually do this. And I, I did think of actually getting us to, to write down someone who's offended us and then going to that person during the service. But I figured 80 to 90% of you would come to me, so I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not going to do that. Um, but we'll, we'll do something, you know, actually practice this. But can we, can we be that sort of people? You know, I can look around this room and there are people who have come to me and they've had hard conversations with me because I have offended them. It might have been something I've done. It's often something I've said or something that I haven't done or said, but where I've lacked. And, and, and it's always, yes, it's hard when someone tells you that you failed. But the healing that comes, and the friendship that can comes, and the unity that comes when we don't let things get in between us is huge. And it's what Jesus calls us to do. Offense will obviously always destroy unity. It's against the will of our king. So I, I say this, and again, I'm, um, this is... So, this could be an entire series, obviously, on its own, okay? And, and I could do five sermons on forgiveness. And, and it's, these things are complex. And there's, there's ways that people hurt us that are complex, okay? Uh, but I'm, I'm talking about when we take offense against someone. And if we choose offense over love, and even the call to love our enemies that Christ has, we are always sinning, okay? And I, I want to be clear on that. Uh, we can't say we're in Christ's way when we're holding offense against a brother or sister, Okay. And I'm not saying you have to go and sort out everything tonight. But I am saying, will you be obedient to the Holy Spirit if he asks you to sort something out? And if he asks you to go to someone? And most of the time, he might just ask you to sort it out in your own heart. So the thing about offense... Um, and forgive me, I'll, I'll run through this quite quickly. But, you know, offense is almost always self-referential. Someone does something, 
someone says something, and we might have something in our minds that we can judge. We can say, well, I think you got this wrong. But often I think it's actually about what's going on inside of us. Like, I have an issue with rejection. And that reacts to what you've said or what you've done. Or I've got pride, and that responds to what you've done. Now, you may still have been stupid, okay, and done something you shouldn't. But so often, the, the power that offense has in our lives is because it's actually coming out of a stronghold in our own hearts. Okay, a hold that's got in us. And so, if you feel that sort of response, you can think about pride, rejection, and significance. Quite often, these are the things that, you know, these places that we find our identity in, rather than in Christ. Not deliberately, but they're just the things that have formed the way that we see ourselves. So someone might insult me at work, and I might react to it, and the humble thing would be to say, I'm sorry, or I'm sorry you feel that way, or I'll think about it, or... But if I react to them out of rejection or out of pride because actually I think I'm better than them, I won't say that, but that's what I'll think. This offense takes root. And the thing about humility, last week I think I called it an antidote to being stupid. Was that something like that? You know, um, Humility is, is not just about refusing to be offended. It's not you know, this thing that we try and try and do, but humility when it actually characterizes us, when we, when we have the spirit of Jesus as our character, then we start to become unoffendable. That the words and the actions of people, they don't get traction on us. They can't grip us. And not only is that what Jesus would have us do? And not only is that something that will lead us to being closer to him, I believe, but it's just a much nicer way to live when you don't have anger popping up or hatred or rejection. And we have joy because the barbs of people can't actually get a grip. So much nicer way to live. So much joy in that. When we truly are walking in humility, rather than reacting to things and taking offense, I mean, in reference to ourselves, we start to reference Christ. And so, you know, with humility, we're able to say, well, you know, I just, I just, I just don't matter that much. Yeah? Or, you know what? Jesus loves me, and I'm completely secure in his love for me, and I'm sorry, and I'll try and sort that out, but I'm, I'm not going to take offense because my identity is rooted in Christ. Now, obviously, there's a biblical injunction to confront. And that would be another whole sermon in itself. There are, case, there are cases in Scripture where Paul tells us to confront people. So, you know, it's not like we don't cause offense because we never have hard conversations. Okay. But we will always have those conversations in love with a mindset to advance the kingdom and not our own self-interest. 
So the reality is that we are um, broken, we're sinful. Even Giselle. And the reality is that we're going to offend each other. And the thing is, I look around this room, and some of you I know really well, some of you I'm still getting to know. And I know that I can offend you, and you will forgive me, and we'll be fine. And I love that. Because honestly, that's even safer than my own blood family. Like some of you love me more deeply than my own blood because of the Spirit of God in me. That is tremendous. But we do sin. We will take offense. I know that, as I said, because I've had that conversation with some of you. So I I wanted to talk about three, three quick things. When we get offended, the reality is Jesus tells us to forgive. If we hold offense, we're holding a grudge. It's likely to lead to bitterness. It's definitely not of the kingdom of God. Okay? It's, like, it's, it's, it's a non-condition. Okay? A non-conditional response. We have to forgive. Jesus tells us to do it. Okay? I know that is hard sometimes. But that is our foundation. And that Jesus says, if you'll do this, if you'll walk in my ways, if you'll walk in the ways of my kingdom, then my love and my peace can follow you. And they can cover that offense. They can cover the pain. Yeah, but if we, if we, if we choose to walk the way of the world and we hold on to that stuff, the, the love and the joy and the peace of Christ is going to struggle to settle on us. And we'll only be hurting ourselves. So the first thing is to forgive. That has to be our starting point. Even if we struggle to mean it, we can start by saying, Jesus, help me. I know this is your call on my life to forgive. Help me. But the second thing, and and again, I know this is not always easy, but the second thing which I believe the Lord would always call us to is to examine ourselves. Okay? Why? Why did I just take offense? What just happened? And the Holy Spirit might say, actually, you're fine. This is actually a holy offense, and you're good. I don't think that's going to happen very often, but it could happen. (laughs) Okay? Jesus was offended. We'll get to that in two weeks. Okay? It can happen. But a lot of the time, if if we give Jesus space, he will speak to us. One of the illustrations that was given to us by friends in London... I won't do this because it's a bit messy, although Giselle might appreciate it because it's quite hot, but they, they talked about the, a coffee cup analogy. Now, when someone offends you, someone does something, it's like they, they bump, you're holding a cup of coffee and they bump it. And all this stuff, this coffee comes spilling out. And they used to have this expression, you know, what's in your cup? What's in your cup when someone bumps you? What comes out? And you've had these moments, someone does something little to you and you react with such anger And you think, okay, that's weird. Where did that come from? I've been harboring a whole lot of stuff. You know? Someone does a small thing to reject you, and you lash out at them because you've been carrying rejection since you were a teenager, you know? Sometimes, okay, sometimes offense can actually be a blessing. Someone offending you can actually be a blessing if you will go to the Lord and say, Lord, why does this offend me? This doesn't feel 
like you. This feels like sin or something in me. Show me, please. If we will have the humility to say, the Lord, I don't think this is just about the other person, but this is about me as well, we will find freedom. And that is beautiful. So ask the Lord, why did I react like I did? Why do I feel offended? The Holy Spirit loves to speak to us when we ask him these questions. So forgive. Inspect your own heart. And thirdly, and this is not rocket science, fix your eyes back on him. It is amazing how when you behold the beauty and the glory of Christ, and you behold his love and you experience his love for you, how our sensitivities start to fall away because of the beauty of who he is. And that's not something I can make happen, but I can tell you that if you ask the Lord, I do believe that he will reveal himself. That he will overwhelm our sensitivities and our offenses with his glory. There's so much I want to say, and I'm running out of time. But I said to Giselle, I didn't think I was going to get through my sermon tonight, so that was anticipated. So I, I have scripture from John 6 I'm going to come back to in two weeks. So let me finish with this, and then I'll have us pray. The, the, word, the word offend or to be offended or take offense in the New Testament, it's an interesting word that's related to the bait stick that is laid in an, a trap for animals. It's an interesting idea. This thing that actually it draws and traps things normally to their death is the word that's used for offense. We can think about as stumbling or falling, or walking away. It's often about our sensibilities being rocked in some way. And the reality is, as we look at Jesus' example, and I will come back to this in more detail, okay, but when we, when we look at John 6, when we look at Matthew 13, there's, two, there's more, but two key scriptures. In the first one, we have thousands of people who are following Jesus. And he gives them a hard teaching, and they are offended, and they walk away. In Matthew 13 is the scripture where Jesus is with his own people, the people who know him best. And I understand that they know him and that therefore that makes them wonder how he could possibly be the Christ. But surely this kid that you've watched grow up who's now performing miracles, you've got to be asking something is going on here. What is it? And scripture says that they were offended by him. This is Jesus. Jesus. 
People walking away from him out of offense. Walking away from the Christ because of offense. So let's not doubt, <laughs> let's not doubt offense's ability to keep us from Jesus. In Scripture, it is quite literal. It is still literal for us. It's not just figurative. Brandon, can you come and play or dawn? I used to say tinkle, but I don't know. Tyler doesn't like that word. <laughs> so. So I'm going to come back to those scriptures in two weeks and I'm going to flesh them out as we think about what it means to offend the world around us. But my hope is, and what, what I sense the Lord saying, this series on humility, guys, I, again, I, I just, it, it feels like the Lord is preparing ground for us. And I don't know what he's going to do with us. I'm just trying to be obedient, but... I, But I said two weeks ago, and Andrew repeated this, you know, we, 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 we say we want revival, and revival brings baggage. And it messes people up. <laughs> and it will cause offense. But I want it. I want more of Jesus. I want more of his spirit. Because, because he's the one who actually will bring freedom and life to this broken world around us and into my own broken heart. I don't know if it was the picture of you getting baptized. I don't know Andrew sent so many, but coming out of the water with your arms raised, worshiping. And it just made me weep, you know, this, this picture of salvation. And it's not just about the baptism, is it? It's about people meeting Jesus. Meeting joy, meeting purpose, meeting identity. We have to have more of him, and, 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 and we, we have to be willing to say, Jesus, we will do whatever it takes. Whatever you want of us, we will do. Because if he starts to move more and more amongst us, and he already is moving, but if he does more, we have many more opportunities to offend each other. And disunity will be absolutely the first thing the enemy tries to do. I guarantee you, it is the first thing he will try. And we each personally have to make that decision that I will choose, Lord, by your grace, by your spirit, I want to be unoffendable. Help me. And then if you're offended, forgive. If you need to confront, confront in love. But let us do everything with a heart to bring glory to the one who's worthy and with a, a heart of love that seeks unity. If we do those two things, we will be okay. <laughs> In fact, we will thrive under his blessing. So can we pray? I know it's hot. I'm going to do this. Well, I'm going to ask the Lord to do this quickly. <laughs> 
I'm not going to make us go around and talk to each other because that would just be chaos. But maybe we'll do a men's session sometime and we'll do that. Women will probably do better at, at it than us. But I want us to have the courage to ask the Lord to reveal one person that we are holding offense against. And once he does that, I want us to forgive. And if the Lord reveals that it's a conversation that you need to have, then I want to pray that we would have courage to have that conversation. And that we will be amazed at the bonds of peace and unity that are formed in this body as we let go of offense. Jesus, we, we ask that you would speak into our hearts by your Spirit. I know, Lord, this isn't a comfortable question for us, but we ask it because you are worthy of all of us. And I thank you, Lord, that you take the good and the bad of us. <laughs> Would you just help us diminish the bad a little bit tonight, Lord? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us and show us any person and actually any institution as well that we have taken offense against? In the name of Jesus, I also I just bind up any voice that would say to you that you cannot get over this or this person can't be forgiven. Let us silence that voice of unforgiveness in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Once you have a name, would you ask the Lord to help you release offense and release forgiveness against that person? The Holy Spirit is so kind to meet us in that process. If we start it, He will meet us in it.
Lord, I pray that where that forgiveness has been spoken, that your peace will flow now. That we would notice, we would notice a bit of freedom in our hearts that wasn't there before. A lightness that wasn't there before. Lord, I pray that um, you will show the power of forgiveness and the power of your blood, Lord, that when we meet or next see the person, Lord, even if we have to have the conversation, that there will be grace and there will be peace that wasn't there before. And we will see the power of your kingdom, the power of love, the power of walking in agreement with you, Jesus. Lord, will you bless your sons and your daughters that are here tonight? I ask that your face would shine upon them, Lord. That you'd walk with them, that you would heal them. And Lord, may we be ambassadors of your kingdom in this world around us. Father, we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus, our King.